Ooh, your clap was crispy. Thank you. That was a really good clap. It hurt my hands a little bit. I'm sorry. What sounded awesome? Because I'm 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 a, I'm a delicate, weak little flower. That's sad. Your poor, soft, delicate skin. Actually, you know what? I do bruise easier now. Oh my god, true. Meanwhile, my skin is tougher and rougher than it's ever been, which makes injecting testosterone very difficult. I'm very sorry you have difficult. rhino skin. I literally have thicker skin, I swear to god. I Maybe that's not medically accurate, but that's what it feels like, ain't it? Hey, did you know that hippopotamus skin is one inch thick? A whole inch? Are you shitting me? A whole inch. That is They're honestly so like tough and stuff that like they're impervious to low caliber bullets. What? what? So you can't take like small caliber guns if you're going to go shoot a hippopotamus? Which I don't think you should do anyway to be clear, but like Well, if they go on a rampage. I mean, they're vicious animals. Okay, yeah. Well, just don't get in its space. Okay, that's fair. I've seen a lot of videos of people feeding watermelons to hippopotamus, to hippopotami. <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> yeah, because if you get your hand, your, you get your arm or your leg in their mouth, they'll just crush it in half like a twig. Watermelon's a lot like a human head, ain't it? I don't like that. You know what would really suck? What? If the hippopotamus, the hippopotami, yeah. and the moose were to join forces. Thankfully, that will never happen be because fucked. they live on different continents. God did that so humans could actually stand a chance in this bitch of a world. <laughs> Did we actually do a solid cold open for once? I can see you had to do the thesis. <laughs> it's gender swap. I could feel it coming. I was like, wow, we actually did a cold open in two minutes, which is what a cold open is supposed to be and not 10 minutes of us talking. <laughs> Welcome to Gender Swap, a podcast by two transgender siblings, uh, one of whom is really thrilled with how that cold open went and will never duplicate it again. It will mm -mm. never happen again. Mm -mm. Unfortunately. And the other one is also quietly accepting that we have peaked and it's all downhill from here. Oh, well. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Micah. My pronouns are they, them. My name is Stevie and I use he, they pronouns. And you know what? Lightning in a bottle happens every so often, but you just got to thank the good Lord Jesus Christ when it does. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> I didn't mean to bring a lot of religious motifs into this episode. And yet you already have. And this was going to be a, not a religious episode. Like, I don't, don't really have anything... We don't typically do religious episodes, do we? Well, we have we have some bits. We have, we have some bits that we do that are, that are sort of religious. Yeah. Yeah. None of those in this episode, though. Uh, well, uh, one kind of maybe. I got my coffee today, and by the way, it's delicious. Hey, Micah, hold on. What did you Holding. have for breakfast today? Breakfast update, breakfast update, breakfast update, breakfast update, breakfast update. Nothing. Oh, nothing at all? No, I haven't had breakfast yet. I, 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 against my better judgment, ordered Pizza Hut last night. Oh, delish. Yes, it is, but it doesn't agree with my body. Ah, your delicate so constitution strikes you My again. delicate constitution has been wrecked this morning so far. Oh, dear. Which hasn't made me very conducive to feeling like I want to put more uh, ammo in the hopper. <laughs> Excellent way to put it. Well, I had delicious avocado toast made on homemade bread that Shiloh made me, and then I put everything bagel seasoning and salt and pepper and garlic powder on it, and also we decided to make cold brew, because cold brew is expensive, and so we decided to figure out how to make it for ourselves, and goddamn, tastes real good. And then I went to the vape store, and the person working there had a doggy, 
And the dog came running out of the back and hopped up on my leg. And it was a really little dog, and so I was okay with this. And I was like, hell yeah, brother. And then I got a, then I got a new, new kick pen. Indeed. In my case, I just woke, woke up, rolled out of bed before my alarm even went off. But I felt rested. I had a decent night's sleep last night. And uh, then I came in here, turned on my computer, sat down, and started working on segments. Awesome. My bitch of a cat woke me up an hour and a half early, so... I'm sorry your cat's a bitch. It was Jasper. He's of course. I watched Attack of the Killer Tomatoes yesterday. You mentioned that. How is it? Well, Stevie, my relationship with that movie is complicated. Elaborate for me. It does have casual uh, misogyny. Mm. It was made in 1978. Made in 1978, so it's kind of like it's a product they of its time. They did a lot time. of that. Well, to be fair, they still shouldn't have done misogyny, but it was unfortunately common. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's meant as kind of a joke? As in it's supposed to be critiquing the misogyny? Uh, sort of? <sighs> Satire must present with clarity of purpose, lest it become that which it intends to critique. And I'm not sure the perp- clarity of purpose is really there. It's also, but here's the other thing. On the other hand, it's a musical. Now that I did not expect. <laughs> That's fun. There are music numbers in this movie with people singing. Do the mutant tomatoes sing? The mutant tomatoes do not sing. Are the tomatoes sentient? They're killer, I'm assuming. Yes, they are sentient. That's fun. I wish they got a little evil evil dance number. But there's also, like, bits in it where, like, they've got one, uh, they, they put together a special team. Mm-hmm. The U.S. government puts together a special team to fight the tomatoes. As they do. And one of the guys is a master of disguise. Delightful. Who at one point disguises himself as Adolf Hitler. Hmm. Tasteful. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, this, this... There's not... <sighs> is there something in the humor that's been lost in the intervening, you know, 40 years? Um, no, I think they're just a lot more okay with being offensive. So how do they kill them? What do they, what do they die of? Bullets? Do, do nukes do it? No, there's a certain song that he's playing on the radio called Puberty Love. Okay. And it's this prepubescent boy screeching about how much he loves whatever. Yeah. And the song is so harsh, it kills the tomatoes. That's really funny. If that was made much later, it would have been Justin Bieber singing Baby. If that was made in like in when I was in middle school, that would have been the joke. Well, no, but but Purity Love isn't a real song. It's oh, just okay. a song. For, it's just a song that they came up with That's for funny. the movie. That is funny. Also, the movie has mm-hmm. product placement because they got part of their funding. From a very specific furniture outlet store in Southern California. What? So they advertise what? with a little scrolling thing in the bottom talking about great prices. Bitch, I thought that it would just be regular product placement, not a, not an infomercial, not the worst infomercial known to man. Yeah. They just put ticker tape on the bottom? Yeah. They put an ad on screen at the same time as the movie. Yes. I'm surprised that that didn't stick around or that that hasn't made a resurgence given how heavily capitalized our entertainment is now you know what i found out what did you find out let me double check the type of car uh there was a there's a sponsorship deal between amc and hyundai okay so in the walking dead nothing bad ever happens in a hyundai oh the zombies have have surrounded the hyundai they've got immunity they're in the magic hyundai like 
they will be safe. If you're getting nervous in a scene, check. Is the logo on screen? All right, you don't have to worry about your favorite character. Isn't that wild? They literally were like, okay, nothing bad can ever happen in a Hyundai. That's great. That is that is wild, and I like I like having that little that little tip and trick. I think that's helpful. Indeed. At least in the first few seasons when they were actually afraid to to or when they were unafraid to take risks, rather so, than the fucking soap opera shit we got later. Anyway, so how do you know that you aren't safe from zombies in a Hyundai? Have you have you have you tested it? I mean, it doesn't happen in The Walking Dead. And that's what we like to call in the industry a future documentary. Exactly. So how do we know that that's not actually true? Like, should the, should the dead rise, should we all rush to a Honda to try to save ourselves? Yeah. Hyundai, not Honda. You'll get shot in a Hyundai. Honda. Oh, I thought, I, I thought you said Honda. No, I didn't. Don't, I mean, that, that's a good tip, though. Don't get those confused, uh, dear listener. This is important. <laughs> uh, we should get paid for what we do. All these free advertisements we're doing for Hyundai. If it's uh, if it's American made, your life force shall fade. Speaking of American made, <laughs> here comes the news. Our first headline. Yeah. The police chief who led a raid of a small Kansas newspaper has been suspended. Oof. Now what caused them to raid a newspaper? Uh the newspaper was criti- was being critical of the police department. Like I said, good and normal. Yeah. The police chief who led a highly criticized raid of a small Kansas newspaper has been suspended, the mayor confirmed to the Associated Press on Saturday. Marion Mayor Dave Mayfield, in a text, said he suspended Chief Gideon Cody on Thursday. He declined to discuss his his decision further and did not say whether Cody was still being paid. Ooh, which means he was. (laughs) Which which means he probably was still being paid. Voice messages and emails from the AP seeking comment from Cody's lawyers were not immediately returned Saturday. The August 11th searches of the Marion County Records Office and the homes of its publisher and a city council member mm. <laughs> have been sharply criticized, putting Marion at the center of a debate over the press protections offered by the First Amendment and the U.S. Constitution. How did the cops think this was going to go? The cops thought that people would be too scared to stand mm. up to them because cops are the quote-unquote legitimate force of violence mm. used by the ruling class. They're the only one. They, they have qualified immunity. They can kill you and then yeah. come up with an excuse later as to why they were scared for their life, so they had to kill you. Yeah. It's a live-in militia. Which, BT dubs, I'm pretty sure the Constitution says there shouldn't be a militia in times of peace and, like, non- it doesn't War. specify. Okay, okay, okay. Because the Constitution was written by a bunch of drunk person-owning assholes. Drunk college students who owned people and um, only looked out for their own interests. Yeah. Even if even if it said we, we could have thing. a militia. They weren't, they weren't I don't think we should students, anyway. Stevie. They age. weren't college students. A lot of them were old. Some of them were college age, if I remember correctly. Some of them were, but a lot of them were old. They were old white guys that already had power. Mm. What was that, 1776? Yeah, 1776. I watched Hamilton. No, I didn't. I've never seen it. I listened to the soundtrack exactly once, and the second act was such a bummer that I got bored and stopped listening to it. Yeah. 18, 18, 20. 18? That's a high schooler. 18, 18, 20, 20, 21, 25, 24, 33, 40, 41, 44, 53, 
See, some of them were old. But then all the way up, we have Benjamin Franklin, who is 70. But most of them, like a lot of those are much younger. Wow, that's Benjamin very Franklin was 70 and still partying, still going <laughs> to Europe and getting his dick wet. What? Man, what a fucked up fellow. What a fucked up bunch of guys. And we were like, yeah, they were pretty infallible. And I don't think we should change anything about what they wrote. What are we talking about? What are we saying? Anyway. But yeah, what I was about to say, did, did the cops think this would make them look good? Like that, uh, man, it was no, just... No, the cops don't care because the cops wield violence and they expect people to be afraid of that violence. Okay, that's true. They don't really... If the cops decided to double yeah. down and start doing even more raids, okay. who's going to stop the cops? Yeah, who else is there? Military? Do you call that's them more cops. cops? Yeah. Exactly. It's cops on cops. It's cops all the way down. One bad apple ruins the whole bunch. So anyway, we got a little bit anarcho Anarcho-communism. Yeah, I got, got a little bit of that in there. Uh, moving on to our next headline. Speaking of communism. Okay. As usual. Auto workers strike expands against GM and Ford. Fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. I hope Henry Ford is shitting in his grave. And part of this... Pensions are a plan of the past, Ford CFO says. What is that? Pensions are a thing of the past? Yeah. While the UAW says it wants pensions restored, Ford CFO John Lawler said that for Ford's unionized workers, it's not going to happen. They're not going to give the unionized workers a pension. Ooh. That, hey, isn't that really illegal? No. Again, not like the law is the arbiter of morality. But I thought that discriminating against people in unions specifically is illegal. If it's no. not, shouldn't it be? Don't no, it's not. Maybe it should be. In fact, the law is set up so that uh, people who aren't in unions benefit from union labor and work, so, which makes it where people are less inclined to join a union because they already get the they benefits don't from do the, the hard work. work of the union. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, getting back to the good part of this headline, yeah, UAW yeah. announced new strikes at GM and Ford plants, spares Stellantis, citing momentum in talks. So okay. Stellantis has come to the table to talk. Good. Before the GM, they're still being assholes. Yeah. The additional strikes will target Ford's Chicago assembly plant in Illinois, which produces the Ford Explorer and Lincoln Aviator SUVs, and the GM's Lansing Delta Township plant in mid-Michigan that produces the Buick Enclave and Chevrolet Traverse crossovers. Hmm. The plants are important ones for the company, however, not as profitable or as crucial as facilities that produce the automaker's pickup trucks. Mm. But still, they're expanding the strike here. Yeah, that's really good. And other good strike news, the WGA won the fucking strike. Which is awesome. Fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Like, getting gains on shit that the studio said they would never, ever budge on. Which fucking rules. SAG is still striking. The actors are still striking as well. So here's hoping because like industry's already at a, at a, at a pretty good halt. Um, it's not like having the writers back is good, but I don't really know how much we're going to be able to do without the, the actors also, but they're still very much standing in solidarity, which is awesome. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's the, uh, that's all the news I have. Mm. I want to go to our next segment. Yeah. Which is uh, take you to heck. So it is religious. Yeah, this is the only one that's religious, Okay, though. all right, okay.
So our first demon. Yeah. Is Shax. Shax is a character in season two of Good Omens. Uh, Shax is also a character in Lower Decks. Cool. Which is a cartoon that's Star Trek and very funny. It's a cartoon that's Star Trek and very funny? Yes. Huh. Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. Don't did I give you my login for that? I don't think so, but I think we got a free, like, year-long trial of it with our Walmart Plus subscription or something, which is uh-huh. cool. But also, that's a really bad app. Like, <laughs> that app is borderline unusable. It is really it's, bad. It works decently on tablets. Okay. And also, the app that they built for Roku, pretty good. Wrong. But I also, my Roku is dying. Um, we've had a hard time with it on the PlayStation and on the Fire Stick. So it doesn't seem to love our TVs specifically, perhaps. Shiloh just got it to watch the iCarly reboot, which was fine. It was okay. Although RuPaul's Drag Race is also on it. And that's the only things we've watched. Also, your shirt looks really good on you. Oh, thank you. Well, no, I was going to say, um, no, the PlayStation app sucks. I agree with you there. Yeah. It's awful. The Fire Stick is a Fire Stick. That's not like a Roku, is it? It's, yeah, I mean, it's basically like a plug-in Roku. Like, it turns a regular TV into a smart TV. Okay, but is it Roku? No. It's Fire Stick. Get, get a Roku. They're not expensive. All their apps are very well designed because Roku's like the most popular platform right now. Oh, true. When it comes fair. to like streaming apps and shit like that. I do wish I hadn't gotten the Fire Stick um, because it's just ads on ads on ads of course duh it's amazon um yeah and it has really really bad storage and you can't delete their unnecessary apps like there are built-in amazon apps like amazon internet and music and books and it's like i'm on my fucking tv what are you talking about but it won't let me delete them to make space for actual things i want to to have and watch um so i should have just gotten a roku but the tv that i had was a tv with roku built in and the TV is dying, so I thought it was Roku's fault, but I think if I just had a plug-in Roku, it'd be fine. Yeah, you should get a plug-in Roku. But anyway, yeah. uh, Shax. Shax. The Christian demon. Mm-hmm. A Grand Marquis of Hell with power Huge over fan. 30 legions of demons. Tons of legions. He takes away the sight, hearing, and understanding of any person at the conjurer's request. Damn. He also steals money and horses. Not the horses. <laughs> he oh, steals horses. Oh, no. I suppose way back when a lot of their fortune was tied up in the horses, I guess. Yeah, think, think about if someone stole your car. That's fucked. Hold on, I have to let the shitty bitchy cat in. Did you hear him? As he walked under the bed, he said, bitch, little bitch. What? Fucked up. No, I, I, I did not hear your cat. Uh, anyway, shacks. Mm-hmm. He can discover hidden things, but his familiars often deceive. What? As will he, unless obliged to enter a magic triangle. So will he, unless obliged to enter a magic triangle. So if you want him to tell the truth, you got to make him go into a magic triangle first. Otherwise, hmm. he's going to lie his ass off at you. That is really fucking funny. He's just got, like, a really shitty dog. It's like one of those dumb little purse dogs that, like, bites literally everybody. And the owner's like, he's just temperamental. His tummy hurts. (laughs) Uh, Also, he is depicted as a stork. I didn't expect that. These frequently don't describe what the demons look like. They do do now and then. The Grand Marquis of Hell is a stork. Is a stork. 
I wouldn't have imagined them as being really anything but but humanoid, but perhaps that's just my limited human imagination. So I'm just imagining some guy with a stork and a magic triangle asking it questions. Someone someone comes home from work early and he just turns around like he's been caught cheating and there's just a big fucking bird in the living room. <laughs> and they're like, not again. Is it is it the right stork this time or did you just go to the lake and get another one? And he's like, I'm pr- this this is the one. I'm certain of it. <laughs> so our next demon. Yeah. Uh, Seer. S-E-E-R-S-I-R. S-E-I-R. Huh. Okay. He's a Christian uh, demon. Mm-hmm. A prince of hell with 26 <sighs> legions of demons under his command. So not quite as many as Shaxx. Okay, if he's a prince rather than a grand marquis, I think that he should have more legions. I think that the number of legions you have should be directly proportionate to your level. Well, apparently he just can't be trusted with as many. So uh, he's only got 26. Also, there's a lot of princes. How much was Satan banging? He can go to any place on earth in a matter of seconds. Ooh. Bring abundance. Cool. Help find hidden treasure. Again, the GPS guy. And is a demon of good nature, being Hmm. mostly indifferent to evilness. That's really kind of him. That's really good of him. I guess that's why they didn't give him a lot of legions. They're like, we don't want to give as many legions to the good guy. Yeah. He's depicted as a beautiful man riding a winged horse. A sexy boy on a Pegasus who can teleport and he brings abundance? Yeah. Dream date? What? That's crazy. So Seer doesn't sound half bad. I don't think he should be in hell. Maybe he just got sick of heaven. Like, you got to think about it. There had to be some angels who at some point were like, this heaven thing kind of sucks. I'm done. And that's why they left. I remember feeling like a pretty bad Christian in elementary and middle school middle school distinctly is when i first remember thinking this because we were always told like well in heaven it's like super awesome and our church was trying to be theological so they were like i don't think the streets are literally made of gold but like it's a cool place the idea is that it's a cool place um and we were like what makes it cool and they're like well you get to worship god all day all night forever and ever amen for all eternity and because god is so epic and awesome and cool you're gonna fucking love it and i was like "Ah, i'm okay 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 i probably don't get it because i'm busy living in sin that sounds a little lame (laughs) that sounds like my definition of hell like yeah having to constantly sing the praises of somebody who's done some pretty evil shit like this this is pretty mid i don't that doesn't sound awesome i don't know i was like that's my eternal reward damn maybe i just don't get it but what kind of narcissist would be like and then your big reward for the lottery is you get to hang out with me what the fuck are you talking about oh my god so anyway our next demon sorry they're doing construction next door and they put a lot of trash on my lawn so if you hear any sounds in the background it's them. They're redoing the entire house next door, replacing all the paneling and expanding the back room. And it would be right fucking next door to me when I work from home with a call job. I'm sorry. So our next demon. Yeah. Shadim. Working our way through the alphabet. This is a Judaic demon. Cool. Who isn't actually a demon, but a class of demons. Hmm. They're flying demons with the feet and claws of a cock. I don't know why you're staring at me waiting for me to say something. What do you think is about to... 
Micah, Come say on. what you say what you thought I was gonna say. <laughs> Come on, Stevie. Every time I've even used the word cock in the past. You have come up with some kind of, oh, like a little penis with claws coming out of it. Is that all I'm good for to you? Penis yes. joke? Penis yes. joke? Penis joke? Penis ha ha, joke. Stevie make penis joke? Penis Meow? joke is why we hired you. Mm, mm. They only want me for my penis joke. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Is it because I'm a man? <laughs> is, it, is, it because I'm, is it because I'm a man? What the fuck is wrong with you? Your, oh, your mom... <laughs> Be your mom too. <laughs> that insult doesn't work on immediate family members. <laughs> That's why it's funny. Micah Maxwell, bit killer. <laughs> yes, I'm the bit killer. <laughs> so anyway, Shadim, maybe descendants of serpents or descendants of Adam and Lilith. <gasps> I love the soapy soapy drama with adam and lilith it rules it does supposedly sinful people sacrifice their daughters to the shadim oh don't do that but it is unclear if the sacrifice consisted of the murdering of the victims or in sexual satisfaction of the demons that's really bad also both are yeah. extremely bad so yeah so not a, not a great demon i mean we talked about seer only a few seconds ago who was awesome and great yeah and then the Shadim, who don't sound all that hot. Seer could be doing a little bit more to counteract the other demons, I think. I think so, too. He needs to get his beautiful, beautiful, his I beautiful winged ass. horse. You know, I'm pretty sure. It, this, this remind, wasn't there a demon that rode a horse that got real big? I, probably. I don't remember. Because we were talking about a, a particular critter that was a lot like a Kelpie. No, we were talking about. Um, Charlemagne's giants. They were talking about Charlemagne's horse, and Charlemagne's horse was like a kelpie, except because it was on Charlemagne's side, they called it a good one, and they said that it could get really long and hold any rider, and it was like the magic school bus of horses. Anyway, this isn't that. No, this is not that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, uh, those are our demons. Awesome. That I wanted to talk about. Uh, I'd like to move on to our next segment because it is it is October first when Yay. we're recording this. It is what everyone goes, oh, it's officially spooky season. It's However, I'm goth, so every day is Halloween. But because it is you. spooky season for everybody else, I thought I would move us over to a spookier segment. <gasps> it's the Monster Zone. It is not the Monster Zone. Then what are we fucking doing here? I want to go to a Diagnosis Ghost. Ooh, Diagnosis Ghost is good. Diagnosis Ghost. Diagnosis Ghost. Diagnosis Ghost. Diagnosis Ghost. We haven't done Diagnosis Ghost in a while. We haven't. I know that one of the items on this list is a repeat we've already talked about in a previous episode. Is it a haunted painting? It's not a haunted painting. Uh, this is locations that are haunted. Oh, cool. Uh, this is a list of the most haunted places in the United States. Yay! Ooh! Well, Another one of those from. lists. I'm a big fan of those, though. So the first place on our list... Sorry, what website? This is from NationalGeographic.com. Well, they know their shit. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. I'm assuming. I don't know. They've got a reputation. A good or good or bad? No, they've got a good reputation. People okay. tend to trust them. They're not History Channel. I got them mixed up for like a one second. No, it's not the History Channel. They're not talking about... Uh, Bigfoot, yeah. Bigfoot and ancient aliens and whatnot. God. What a so, dumb TV show. 
the La Lori Mansion in New Orleans, Louisiana. Awesome. Madam Mary Delphine LaLaurie was a Louisiana socialite known for hosting ritzy soirees in her lavish French Quarter mansion in New Orleans during the early 19th century. Lavish soirees, you say? Uh, ritzy soirees. Ritzy soirees, even better. Guests gorged on fine food and champagne, unaware of the ungrisly scenes that unfolded two stories below. <gasps> during the soiree? When local police responded to a kitchen fire in 1834, they discovered the bodies of several horribly mutilated enslaved <gasps> people in the attic. Oh my god. When the public learned of LaLaurie's grotesque secret, a mob stormed the house, prompting her to flee to France. Good. Get that bitch. Soon after LaLaurie disappeared from New Orleans, people claimed to hear the phantom screams of her victims spilling from the house in the dead of night. God damn, that's creepy. And it's got a how to, how to visit. That's really sad. There is a replica of the Lolori Mansion, the original burnt down in the fire, which is now privately owned and doesn't offer tours, but several city tour operators, such as free tours by foot and ghost city tours, include a stop at the Royal Street Mansion in their itineraries. That feels gross. Does kind of feel gross, but also, who the fuck would want to live there, even if it was rebuilt? Yeah, that's just kind of creepy and... and, and gross i don't yeah i don't like that it feels like it's like glorifying it and profiting from it and that's like a place of tragedy that's really fucking weird actually yeah but then again people are kind of weird and gross i mean they used to do shit like take handkerchiefs and dip them in the blood at the guillotine uh executions what they did that yeah they did that why that was souvenir That is, that's wild. Also, I feel like that's a really good way to spread disease. Yeah, I, I agree. That, wow. That's a lot. Yeah, so anyway, getting back to the LaLaurie Mansion. Uh, ghost or not ghost, what do you think? Probably ghost. I do regard, well, it did, it was destroyed. I think it probably was before being destroyed. Because in general, we've talked about places with, like strong emotions probably being, you know, haunted in, in some way in terms of like echoes of the past and i generally regard that as a pretty i feel like a tragic event is probably going to have some kind of ghost whether it's like human spirit or i don't know do you think a situation well i don't know i don't know if that's going to make sense i feel like a place can be haunted by memories and i find that being like a a supernatural manifestation interesting but if it involves people i feel like it would still have to involve souls i don't know i don't know if that makes any sense but um yeah i would say diagnosis definitely ghost okay diagnosis ghosts uh the next haunted location yeah the shanghai tunnels in portland oregon portland so all the liberals are or so i've heard portland one of the most dangerous ports in the U.S. during the early 19th century oh. was the epicenter of an illicit maritime practice <gasps> known as Shanghaiing, a form of human trafficking. Oh, my God. Jesus. According to local lore, swindlers preyed upon unsuspecting men in the local saloons, which were often outfitted with trap doors that deposited the victims directly into a network of underground tunnels. What? These men were then supposedly held captive, drugged, 
and eventually transported to the waterfront, where they were sold to ships as unpaid laborers. Oh my Some god. Some worked for several years before finding their way back home. They put trapdoors in a fucking saloon? The tunnels are said to be haunted by the aggrieved spirits of the captives who died in the dark recesses beneath the city. Yeah, I mean, statistically likely. Any, any... Normally I request some kind of physical witness of later extraterrestrial activity or supernatural activity. But in this case, it's more like the scenario itself was fucked up and so like it's probably haunted. Yeah, that's all it says about that. Yeah, diagnosis probably ghost. Damn. Okay, diagnosis probably ghost. We're, we're batting a thousand so far. We're batting a thousand. Pretty ghosty. Yeah. Got a lot of ectoplasm on this one. The Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I can tell you up front. This menacing Gothic-style prison opened in Philadelphia in 1829 and became the first in the U.S. to implement solitary confinement, Ooh, a hotly God. debated practice. Prisoners uh, resided in stone cells with virtually no human contact. Oh, my God. Hoods were placed over their heads anytime <gasps> they were moved. Oh, my God. Proponents of the system believe that solitude would lead to penitence, which <laughs> would ultimately result in rehabilitation. Oh. Critics, on the other hand, believed it incited emotional anguish comparable to physical torture. Yeah. The so-called Pennsylvania system was replicated in several other states and in Europe. Yeah, um, that's fucking nightmarish, and that is literally human torture, and I don't think that that should be, um, allowed. Is that, is that a debated topic, or is this, I feel this is a pretty strong gender swap stance. Solitary confinement, bad. Really bad. Also, hey, folks, listeners, look up pictures of the Eastern State Penitentiary. It is the creepiest fucking building I have ever seen. When they say gothic, they mean gothic. This is American Horror Story shit. This is creepy as fuck. This would be the place that invented solitary confinement. That is really spooky. It is believed the inmates' ghosts took back the prison after it was closed in 1971. Visitors claim to see their apparitions wandering the corridors and hear mischievous whispers in abandoned cell blocks. Ooh, that's eerie. A lot of things could cause what sound like whispers. Airflow, for one. But I feel like it's pretty likely, at least. Although, if I was a ghost, I wouldn't really want to hang around there. I don't know. Well, do you think ghosts have a choice of where they haunt? See, I don't think they do. Do you think it's an unfinished business kind of deal? Do you think a ghost can be laid to rest? Yeah, I think it's an unfinished business kind of deal, but I also think that a lot of the ghost business can only be completed within their lifetime. I agree. I was about to say, I don't really think that's the kind of thing you'd be able to finish afterwards. Like, the people who hurt you are already dead, and if they're ghosts with morals, they won't torture their children, so... Or their descendants. Well, they might. Some ghosts can get pretty Old Testament. I mean, ghosts are... I mean, you know, ghosts were people, and people are fucked up. Yeah, end you of know. sentence. End of sentence. Yeah. Just like people, ghosts can be multifaceted. Okay, so the next haunted location. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, diagnosis, yeah, yeah, ghost. Diagnosis, yeah, ghost? Okay. Uh, the next location is the RMS Queen Mary, Long Beach, California. Have we talked about this? I don't believe so. RMS Queen Mary? Is that a boat? It's a boat. What's What's RMS stand for? I have no idea. I've never bothered looking it up because it's, it's one of those things that just kind of like, it annoys me. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't annoy me enough to actually put in the effort to look it up. 
Okay, hold on. I'll take care of it for you. No, not the math thing. Root means square. No. In boats. Don't be fucking obtuse. Oh, royal mail ship. That's anticlimactic. Yeah, it's ju it just did cargo. All right. The Armas Queen Mary is a boat. That I carried stuff. I thought it would look cooler. This retired ocean liner sailed the Atlantic Ocean from 1936 to 1967. Hmm. During its first three years at sea, the Queen Mary carried dignitaries and Hollywood celebrities, including oh. General Dwight Eisenhower, hmm. Elizabeth Taylor, and Audrey Hepburn. Oh, crazy. Its days as a luxury ship were short-lived, however, and in 1939, it was stripped of its amenities and began its second life as the Grey Ghost, a, a World War II troop ship. Oh, Grey Ghost is a good name for a boat. At the conclusion of the war, it was restored to its former glory and traversed the Atlantic for nearly two more decades. Huh. On Halloween 1967, <gasps> the Queen Mary departed on its last cruise, eventually docking in Long Beach, California, its final resting place. Ah, it didn't sink. The ship is reportedly haunted by the spirits of those who died aboard, including the young sailor crushed to death by a door in the engine room and a crew member murdered in cabin B340. What? How the fuck do you get crushed by a door? That's really, that's a fucked up way to go. Yeah. Um. Spooky fact. Oh. Winston Churchill signed the D-Day Declaration aboard the Queen Mary during World War II. Not a spooky fact. No, it's not. Not even remotely spooky. No, but they said spooky fact and then they put that. I do like the interjection of spooky fact. I think that's great. Um, diagnosis. Nah. Not ghost. Not ghost? Not ghost. Okay. The next location. Yeah. The Stanley Hotel, Estes Park, Colorado. Was that the murder hotel? Oh, no, this is the one from The Shining? Uh, this is the one that The Shining was based on. Ah, oh, fucking rules. God damn, what a good movie. In 1909, a Massachusetts couple, F.O. and Flora Stanley, opened the isolated resort and reportedly never left. <laughs> Using the heebie-jeebies. According to staff, Mrs. Stanley can be heard playing her Steinway piano in the music room at night, and Mr. Stanley occasionally shows up in photographs. That's fun. There have been reports of bags being unpacked, lights turning off and on, and the echoes of children's laughter heard in the hallways. Paranormal experts hail the Stanley Hotel as one of the nation's most active ghost sites. I'm not buying it. Yeah, it sounds to me like they're uh, just trying to get more tourists. I kind uh, yeah, I do feel that way. I do feel that way in general. I do kind of distrust paranormal experts because um, it's pretty easy to pay somebody to say something. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's there's nothing easier <laughs> than paying somebody to say something. And like they they I mean, fuck, The Shining was already filmed there. I, I'm just not particularly. I don't know. Like, I would argue that the production of The Shining was haunted, but not by ghosts, but abuse. So, like, eh, yeah, yeah. I don't really, I don't really see it being haunted. And it's like those people, like nothing, like tragic happened there. They just didn't like to go outside. I don't like to go outside. I, am I gonna haunt this townhouse? Probably. I doubt it. Probably. What if they keep leaving trash on my lawn? That's what you'll be angry about. That'll be your unfinished business. Oh fuck me. I'm going to be the ghost that torments litter bugs. How lame is that? Uh, Captain Planet would be proud. Good for Captain Planet, but I don't really want to haunt everywhere about it. 
Uh, the next location is the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Weston, West Virginia. Any penitentiary or asylum, <sighs> yeah. This foreboding asylum began construction in 1858 and opened to patients in 1864. What was it called again? The Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Allegheny is not spelled how you'd think it would be. No, it is not. Oh, Jesus. This one's also a little bit gothic on the outside to me. The massive structure was designed by architect Richard Andrews to maximize sunlight and fresh air. Hmm. It was believed that the building itself would serve as a healing environment. By the 1950s, the facility, designed for 250 people, housed 2,400 <gasps> patients. Oh my god. And crowded conditions, with afflictions ranging from alcoholism to epilepsy. Yeah, that's not a particularly good situation. Patients were, patients were physically restrained <gasps> and often given inhumane treatments, such as electroshock therapy oh and lobotomies. God. Oh my god. Jesus. After more than a century in operation, the facility was forced to close in 1994. It didn't close until 94? Until 94. Due to reforms in mental health treatment and the deterioration of the building. Hundreds of patients died during the asylum's tenure, and Holy scores shit. of guests and ghost hunters have claimed to see their shadowy figures roaming Trans-Allegheny's crumbling halls. Statistically, at least one of those people had to be a ghost. Yeah, I, I'd say so. Like, the more suffering that happened to people there, the, the more likely you are you're going to have at least one ghost. Yeah. Diagnosis, thriving ghost population. I say just thriving a little, pretty loosely. Just a little ghost suburb. Yeah. They've got their own ghost strip malls. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, there, there also being, like, ghostly overlays of stores where the ghosts are serving each other food and drink. You know, can you imagine what I'm, what I'm saying? Like, the main characters, the people who are living are walking through the mall, but then they look around and they also see ghost stores on top of the, like, you know, the closed down coals or whatever. No, I get you. I follow. I think that'd be charming. No, I agree. I think that'd be charming, too. Do you Nobody know who else was that. said to be extremely charming? Who? Winston Churchill. Man, for, fuck that guy. For some reason, people thought that he was a charming motherfucker, just full of, like, great wit. He when in reality, kind of he was bitch. just drunk, like, 24-7. Yeah. I bring up Winston Churchill for a very specific reason, though. Okay. Isn't George Orwell the one who was trying to do that beef commercial, but he was too drunk? No. Orson Welles? You're thinking of Orson Welles. I always mix them up. I always mix them up. God damn it. I'm sorry. Damn it. You've now just completely ruined my segue, though. Sorry, sorry. Do it again. Do it again. I'll be quiet this time. Anyway, I brought up Winston Churchill, who is not Orson Welles. Yeah. Specifically because I want to talk about him in our next segment. Okay. Do you want to guess what our next segment is? I Keep in mind, boys. it's the spooky season. Is this the fucking monster zone? <laughs> This is the Monster Zone. <laughs> it's the Monster Zone. Monster Zone. You know, I was talking to my friends last night about the podcast, and specifically I told my friend John how I always use them as a unit of measurement in Dinosaur Corner, <laughs> and they thought it was really delightful. Um, but I mentioned um, how you brought a goose to Monster Zone that one time. Was it a goose? No, it wasn't a goose. It was a sandhill crane. 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 Yeah. The one from the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, that one. 
So I was wondering when you were going to do another bullshit monster zone, all that to say. Well, this is not a bullshit monster zone. Although we have done something similar to this in the past where we did the monster zone about the pilgrims. Oh, we did. I forgot about that. Yeah, because they were monsters too. <laughs> bunch of colonizers. Yeah, they were pieces of shit. Yeah. But this monster zone, I want to talk about Winston Churchill. Get his ass. Because Winston Churchill was an awful human being and not some great hero or thinker or whatever that people say he is. Don't let him fool you. Don't let them use his inspirational quotes. They're not inspirational. I don't know. They are, they are inspirational for a certain type of person, namely homicidal maniacs. Yeah, let's talk about it. Hell yeah, let's talk about it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a list of countries which are here in alphabetical order. And we're going to talk about what Winston Churchill thought about these countries. Mm, I'm sure this will be good and not racist. First off, we've got Afghanistan. Oh, no. Churchill found his love for war during the time he spent in <sighs> Afghanistan. While there, he said, all who resist will be killed without quarter. Wow. Because the Pashtuns need to, quote, recognize the superiority of race. Jesus fucking Christ. He's just on his Nazi shit. He believed the Pashtuns needed to be dealt with. He would reminisce in his writings about how he partook in the burning of villages and people's homes. Just killing civilians right and left. We proceeded systematically, village by village, and we destroyed the houses, filled up the wells, blew down the towers, cut down the great shady trees, burned the crops, and broke the reservoirs in punitive devastation. Holy shit. So people talk about how uh, Afghanistan is some backwards whatever country that never developed and all this stuff and they're basically in the stone age and all this this is why Jesus they've been Christ. literally dealing with centuries of colonial powers coming in and just wrecking their yeah. shit yeah Jesus Christ Churchill would also write of how every tribesman caught was speared or cut down at once Jesus proud of the terror he helped inflict on the people of Afghanistan Churchill was well on the way to becoming a genocidal maniac. Well on the way to it. This is from an article, by the way, that someone posted on Medium.com. Called the, mm. cr the writer is called The Crimes of Britain. Mm, yep. So uh, Cuba is the next yeah. country on the list. Churchill wrote that he was concerned Cuba would turn into another black republic by 1896. Jesus Christ. By another... He was referring to Haiti, which was the first nation in modern times to abolish slavery, for which it's been punished for ever since, which is why Haiti is so poor. Yeah. Yeah. Because the other 100%. powers were like, you overthrew your slaves. We don't want our slaves to do the same thing. So they instituted all these so like heavy you. penalties and fines God. and just open wars against Haiti. A country does a good thing. Mm, God damn. As I say, talk about the land of the free, but I don't know if Britain's ever purported to be that. Although it doesn't really matter that America has either. Yeah. So uh, next up on the list is Egypt. Oh boy. Uh, buckle up for this one. Okay. This quote from Winston Churchill. Tell them that if we ever have any more of their cheek, we will set the Jews on them and drive them into the Jesus. gutter from which they will never have emerged. Jesus fucking Christ. So Churchill, so far, what's your opinion of him, Stevie? Hmm... 
Rotted piece of meat. Got him like a fish. Waste of space. Burn him alive forever and ever, amen. Well, he's already dead, so I mean... Already can't burning. really do that. Yeah. But you can always pee on his grave. Not that we endorse that. We're just saying... Uh, I endorse it. Should the opportunity arise, uh, relieve yourself. Holding in pee can lead to all sorts of urinary tract problems. <laughs> if you happen to piss, or you happen to have to pee, and you happen to be by the grave, I'm just saying it's probably closer than the nearest urinal. Greece is the next country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these are basically in alphabetical order, as I mentioned. So we're, we're getting close okay. to halfway through. The British army, under the guidance of Churchill, perpetrated a massacre on the streets of Athens in the month of December 1944. 28 protesters Jesus. were shot dead, and another 128 were injured. Jesus. Who were they? Of course, Were they supporters of Nazis? No. No. In fact, they were anti-Nazis. Yeah. If you have a problem with anti-Nazis, what's that make you? Honestly, I think Churchill's biggest problem with the Nazis was the fact they decided to attack Britain instead of cutting them in on oh, it. yeah. Yeah, I don't think he really would have cared otherwise. No. Goddamn. The British demanded that all guerrilla groups should disarm on the 2nd of December 1944. The following day, 200,000 people took to the streets, and this is when the British army, on Churchill's orders, turned their guns on the people. Ooh. Oh my god. Churchill regarded Greek, Greek People's Liberation Army and the National Liberation Front as miserable bandits. Jesus Christ. Those were the first people who ran the Nazis out, by the way. Those were, those were the guys that actually got rid of the Nazis in Greece. They actually got the fucking job done. Yeah. His actions in the month of December were purely out of his hatred and paranoia for communism. God damn. If you're anti-Nazi, what does that make you? Wait, if you're anti-anti-Nazi, if you're anti- Well, you know. Your vape looked like an inhaler for a minute, and I was like, that's new. No, it was a vape. It's an inhaler of sorts. So, after all this, guess what the British did? What did, what did they do? The British backed the right-wing government in Greece returned from exile. After the very same partisans of the resistance that Churchill ordered the murder of had driven out the Nazi occupiers. So basically there was a right-wing government that the Nazis were like, hey, we're cool with you. The people rose up, so they drove them Nazis. out along with the Nazis, and then the British were like, we don't like the Nazis, but we'll sure bring that government back. Yeah, so they just put more Nazis in government in Greece. Man, war crime central, huh, Britain? Soviet forces were well-received in Greece when they arrived. Hmm. The people were happy the Soviets were there. This deeply worried Churchill. Mm. He planned to restore the monarchy in Greece to combat any possible communist influence. So it wasn't even pro-democracy. Wanted the monarchy back. That is... Wow. Wow. Wait, because even Britain's kind of not like a strict monarchy. Like, they still have parliament. They should also have the monarchy kind of sucking up their money. Yeah, but if you look at their laws, the, the whoever the ruling monarch is can dissolve the parliament if they decide they want to. Are you shitting me? No. That is crazy. Wow. At least I believe so. I may be wrong. Who knows? Tell me in the comments if I got that fact wrong. Hold on. Let me look that up. Can, can the British monarch dissolve parliament? First result. Yeah. 
Uh, the Parliament of the UK is dissolved automatically five years after the day on which it first met, or earlier by the Sovereign, by royal proclamation, at the request of the Prime Minister. So the Prime Minister can ask. That's, um... Yeah, dissolution of Parliament is the official term for the end of a Parliament, which happens prior to a general election. So they can just decide to not have this Parliament meet again, wait for everybody to get re-elected, and then let them meet again. Yep. That's not a surefire way to do a dictatorship. In 1945, Churchill sent Charles Wickham to Athens, where he was put in charge of training the Greek security police. Mm, militia. Wickham learned his tricks of the trade in British-occupied Ireland Whoa. between 1922 and 1945, where he was a commander of the colonial RUC, which was responsible for countless terrors. Yep. In April 1945, Churchill said... The Nazi collaborators in Greece, in many cases, did the best they could to shelter the Greek population from German oppression, and went on to say, the communists are the main foe. How backwards do you have to be to be given an option between genocide and equality for all, and think, I want to be on the side of the genociders? Because Churchill was a vile human being. Was a vile fucking monster. Who loved killing people. All in the name of the British Empire. I wish he'd been assassinated. Well, controversial take. Anybody with a time machine out there, uh, add Winston Churchill to your list. Also do Hitler while you're there. Of course do Hitler. That's an assumed... If you have a time machine, that's like pretty much assumed up front. You have to imagine that Hitler was constantly fighting off time assassins. Yeah... Had to have pretty good, pretty good guys around. The next country, yeah, is Guyana. Uh. Churchill ordered the overthrowing of the democratically elected leader of British Guyana. He Jesus. Dis- he dispatched troops and warships and suspended their constitution, Jesus. all to put a stop to the government's nationalization plan. So basically, they were like, "We don't want to be a colony anymore. We would like, like to be our own country." And he was like, "Nope, we're going to overthrow your government." That sucks really bad. Sidebar, on the rest of this list, is there... Oh, I'm sorry, what I was saying. Uh, on the rest of this list, um, do we learn anything new about Winston Churchill? Because we know he's anti-communist, pro-Nazi, anti-freedom and democracy in general, pro-monarchy. And I feel a little bit grimy about just reading off a list of um, racist atrocities in general. I get Does, that, but my hatred of Winston Churchill is such that I, I think more people need to know how bad he was. Like, he was I, well and truly a monster. We haven't even was. talked about India yet. Oh, British. Yeah, Britain really did fuck up India. Or Ireland. They also fucked up Ireland. Man, they really could not keep their grimy little paws off anything. Their pasty little paws. So, India. Yeah. Very few Brit in Britain know about the genocide in Bengal let alone know how Winston Churchill engineered it. Holy shit. Churchill's hatred for Indians led to four million starving to death during the Bengal famine in 1943. Oh my god. Uh, A quote from him, I hate Indians. They are a beastly people with a beastly religion. Jesus fucking Christ. Bengal had a better than normal harvest during the British enforced famine. So they actually grew more food than they really wow. needed. Wow. But the British army took millions of tons <gasps> of rice from starving people to ship to the Middle East 
where it wasn't even needed. Holy fuck. When the starving people of Bengal asked for food, Churchill said the famine was their own fault for huh. breeding like rabbits. Wow. The Viceroy of India said Churchill's attitude toward India and the famine is negligent, hostile, and contemptuous. Yeah. Even the right-wing imperialist Leo Amory, who was the British Secretary of State in India, said he didn't see much difference between Churchill's outlook and Hitler's. Yeah, he was right. He was right. Yeah. And he was a shitty guy already in India. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Churchill refused all of the offers of to send aid to Bengal. Canada offered 10,000 tons of rice. The U.S. offered 100,000 tons of rice. And Churchill said no. So literally trying to keep people from starving to death. And he was like, well, no, I did this on purpose. Don't ruin it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Churchill was still swilling champagne while he caused 4 huh. million men, women, and children to starve to death in Bengal. And no one thought to assassinate the guy. Well, they probably thought to. Yeah. Throughout World War II, India was forced to lend British Britain money. Wow. Churchill moaned about the Indian moneylenders the entire time. Aw, that sounds so hard. In fact, uh, the famine wasn't enough. Four million starving was not enough? Not for Churchill. He wanted his favorite war criminal, Arthur Harris, to bomb them. Mm. But they didn't, but he wanted it to happen. Like, when is it enough? He literally just wanted only white people, and he did everything he could do to kill everybody who wasn't white. Yeah. That is, wow. You get about enough person in power, and they get a lot done, don't they? Then in 1947, the the Indians were able to get independence, kind of, but But. Britain uh, partitioned part of India off and created Pakistan. Oh, I didn't actually know that was the origin. So it could be an imperialist outpost for both British and Americans since its inception. Oh. And Churchill thought of it as Britain's, quote, bit of India. Wow. Couldn't let him have it all, huh? Nope. Uh, Next up, Iran. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The short version of it, Iran has oil. Their mistake. They shouldn't have had such a profitable country. They shouldn't have had something Mr. Churchill wanted. He described Iran's oil industry as a prize from fairyland beyond our wildest dreams. Wow. Fairyland. He meddled in Iranian affairs for decades, doing his utmost to exclude Iranians from their own natural resources. Jesus. He encouraged the looting of the nation when most lived in severe poverty. Like, they're already not doing particularly good, man. He was an evil dude. Like, so, so, like, rich in resources and so exploited that the country itself remained poor. There are several such countries like that, and it's all because of colonial powers. Every time it comes down to that. Yeah. And nowadays, it also comes down to uh, a lot of capitalism. Oh, of course. I figured that was... that was. It's kind of the new colonialism. Yeah, it's kind of just a new way to enforce it, ain't it? What you drinking? I'm drinking an unnamed dark cola. Ah, delish. I was worried it was black coffee, and I was about to call you insane. No, it's not black coffee. I didn't think you were like that. Thank goodness. I'm not a maniac. (laughs) 
1914, Churchill proposed a bill in the House of Commons that would see the British government become the most major shareholder of the Anglo-Iranian oil company. The company would go on to refrain from paying in Iran its share of the dividends before paying taxes to the British exchequer. Wow. Essentially, the British were illegally taxing the Iranian government. Yeah, Jesus Christ. When the nationalist government of Mohammad Mossadegh threatened Britain interests in Iran, Churchill was there, ready to protect them at any cost. Of course. Even if that meant desecrating democracy. Of course. He helped organize a coup against Mossadegh in August of 1953. He told the CIA operations officer that helped carry out the plan, if I had been but a few years younger, I would have loved nothing more than to served under your command in this great venture. <laughs> what a fucking suck up. Churchill arranged for the BBC to send coded messages to let the Shah of Iran know they were overthrowing the democratically elected government. Why? Because they wanted the Shah back in power so they could make it a monarchy. Oh, right. Yeah. Because again, Churchill was a monarchist. It's easier to buy off one person than it is to buy off a group of people with equal viewpoints and divided interests. Yeah. Instead of the BBC ending their Persian language news broadcast with the It Is Now Midnight in London, they, under Churchill's orders, said It Is Now Exactly Midnight. Hmm. Churchill went on to privately describe the coup as the finest operation since the end of World War II. Wow. Being a proud product of imperialism, he had no issue ousting Mossadegh so Britain could get back to sapping the riches of Iran. Of course. Why would he do anything different? Iraq! Hmm. Because, of course, we've been fucking around in Iraq for centuries. Literally cannot resist. Because they have oil. Mm Mm-hmm. Churchill was appointed to Secretary of State for the Colonies in 1921. Really? Yeah. So he was both? Well, he was that, and then later he became Prime Minister. Gotcha. Right, that was much earlier. Man, that guy was old as shit. Yeah, he was. He did a lot of evil shit. Early on, and then just kept doing evil shit, and ended up dying at a ripe old age of something. Hold on, how old was Winston Churchill how? when he died? I was about to Google it. How old was he? Ninety years old. The good die young, huh? The good die young. Did he die he something mu- funny or painful? Uh, I'm well, assuming heart disease. I can't imagine alcohol does too good on a body that old. Uh, what did he die of? Yeah, alcohol's supposed to kill you really bad. The fact that people can be old as hell and still huffing on cigarettes is wild to me. Like, how does that not, how does that not affect your prospects? Stroke. He died of a stroke. Oh, good. So a stroke finally got him at age 90. A true ally in the stroke. Just that one time, though. Critical support for strokes in that one case. Just that one time, though. Yeah. Stroke's bad except when it happens to Winston Churchill. Uh, so anyway, in Iraq... Winston Churchill decided to use air power to replace ground troops. Okay. So his tactic became bomb any resistance to British rule. Jesus. So again, we've been bombing Iraq, and by we I mean white people. Yeah, for fucking ever. For fucking ever. Uh, He was an advocate for the use of mustard and poison gases while doing it. Jesus. Jesus Christ. When the Iraqi tribes stood up for themselves under the direction of Churchill... The British unleashed terror on mud and stone reed villages. Jesus. Fucking civilians. Yeah, wiping out civilians. Okay, now we're at Ireland. 
1904, Churchill said, I remain of the opinion that a separate parliament for Ireland would be, disat- would be dangerous and impractical. Huh. huh. So he didn't want them to have, have any kind of freedom, because of course not. Letting them represent themselves. This is Churchill we're talking Eesh. about. The black and tans, do you, do you know what they were? No. They were British troops who wore black and tan uniforms. Mm-hmm. Who there are tons of songs from Ireland talking about the black and tans and how evil they were. Huh. They were Churchill's idea. Oh. Uh, is this another local militia? No, it's not local militia. He was sending in British troops. Ah, transplanted militia. Yeah. He sent thugs to Ireland to terrorize at will, attacking civilians and civilian property. Jesus Christ. Rampaging across the country, carrying out reprisals, he went on to describe them as gallant and honorable huh. officers. <laughs> it was also Churchill who conceived... What was the purpose? Terror. That there's usually some kind of monetary motivation. Yeah, he wanted to brutalize the population into submissiveness. Jesus. It was also Churchill who conceived the idea of forming the auxiliaries who carried out the Croke Park Massacre. Jesus. They fired into a crowd at the Gaelic football match. What? Killing 14. Oh, my God. He went on to advocate the use of air power in Ireland against Sean Fein members in 1920. He suggested to his war advisors that airplanes should be dispatched with orders to use machine gun fire or bombs to scatter or stampede them. Wow. Uh, He was an early advocate for the partitioning of Ireland, Hmm. which is how uh, Northern Ireland came to be. Ah, Churchill went on to remark the bloody Irish, what have they ever done for our wars? <laughs> Reducing Ireland's merit to what might provide by way of resources slash people for imperialist lamb grabs. Yeah. What can you do for us? How can you profit us? Yeah. Uh, let's see. You know what? This is a much longer list than even I was anticipating. I was wondering what you were expecting here. I only skimmed it, but uh, Kenya... Is another one where he does more of the same. Uh, Palestine, where he did more. Uh, Russia. Uh, of Russia, well. he believed that uh, we should drop an atomic bomb on the Kremlin. Mm. Uh, Saudi Arabia. Yep. Where they did more of it. South Africa. Really can't leave him alone. Yeah, so anyway, uh, it's just more of the same of Churchill being an awful, awful entity. Which I'm is glad. why we put him in the monster zone. Yeah, you know, that's the atheist version of hell. That's not fair. We have some pretty chill monsters in here. Ah, the other monsters will take care of him. The other monsters will take care of him. Yeah. Give give him give him a deep tissue massage. <laughs> deep in the tissue. So uh the, the tissue's touching a little too much. Loosen it up a little. Yeah. So uh yeah. That's been our monster zone. That's a monster, alright. That is a monster. Rotted. So next up, I wanted to move us into a new segment. A new segment, not a news segment. Yeah, a new segment. A segment we have never done before. Oh? Like what? There's so many segments you've never done before. Well, because it's the spooky season, I was thinking about calling this one... Ah, damn, I don't want to do spooky corner. We already have dinosaur corner. And I think that having spooky and the title could be a bit chuggy. What? I have bad news about I don't want to ruin this for you. Never mind. I refuse to give up the word spooky. Well, I was just saying it's a little millennial nowadays. 
I am point of fact a millennial. Yeah, that's why I was I was like maybe this is a fundamental part of your culture. I happen I to know for a fact that there is a segment of our uh, viewing audience, viewing listening audience, that actually enjoys the fact that I'm a millennial. There are, there are. I'm not saying I'm not one of them. Um, so, if nothing else, I have to maintain spooky. my millennial cred by spooky. using the word spooky. I'm trying to think of a good ending then. Yeah. We already have a zone. We already have a corner. We already have a heck and a church. The spooksters? No. Oh, shut up. I think spooksters is fun. I'm not feeling it. But what are you feeling then? This could just be Spirit Halloween. Spooky Mansion. That's pretty close to a game title. What? Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion. Oh. It's a really famous indie game. God damn it. It could just be the haunted house. Yeah, but that's too close to Diagnosis Ghost. Well, yeah, I mean... And this isn't always going to be hauntings in this segment. A lot of what I'm thinking of is trademarked. A lot of what I'm thinking of is trademarked. Creepy corner. I'm wary of corners. Um, could we perhaps do a cube? Creepy, Creepy cube? Creepy cube. That's like a very unscary shape, so I think that's really good. You think cubes aren't scary? I don't find them particularly eerie, do you? Uh, yeah, there's something a little bit strange about a cube. Then a cube it is. Okay, so this is a... This is a Let's climb into the creepy cube. I really wanted to use... Okay, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's done now. We've got the title. I'll put, <laughs> I'll put the drop in here, which I haven't even written yet. Climb into the creepy cube. Creepy cube. You know, something along the lines of spooky scary skeletons. Or well, it's, boogie. it's funny you should mention skeletons. <gasps> oh my gosh. Because Creepy Cube, I've decided, is a kind of catch-all segment about anything that's generally creepy that I can't put up as a monster or, or a, a haunting ghost, or, a or a ghost or a demon or anything like that. Okay. Uh, in this case, there's a skeleton. A skeleton. A skeleton. A specific, a specific one? A specific one. Before the Gen Z audience gets on to me, I'm not going to make a Sans Undertale joke because Micah won't get it. Thank you. Specifically, a 5,000-year-old transgender skeleton. What? They're making in, the skeletons transgender now? In 2011, archaeologists discovered a 5,000-year-old skeleton, which they believed may have been the remains of a transgender person. No fucking way. The male skeleton was found in a suburb of Prague, and it is buried in a manner previously only seen for female burials. Fascinating. The body is believed to date back from between 2900 to 2500 BC, and wow. it is from the corded ware culture of the Copper Age. Cool. So, this isn't Stone Age, this is slightly more advanced, but we're not quite to Iron Age yet. This is the Copper Age. That's really fascinating. I didn't know there, that was a thing. Well, yeah, because copper is easier to, like, form into stuff if you can't get your forges quite as hot. This is how it works in Minecraft also. Oh, is it? Yeah, you go from wood to stone to copper to iron to... Uh, you don't do gold. They have gold, but they suck. They're actually worse than iron, which is realistic. Uh, and then you have diamond, and then you have netherite. 
Okay, it gets a little bit unreal there after a bit. Netherite? Yeah. Just because not- you haven't found it doesn't mean it's not real. Uh, indeed. So anyway, men's bodies from that age and culture were are usually found buried with their heads toward the west and Uh-oh. with weapons. Oh. So like, this is a guy, so buried with a head pointed toward the west and throw a whole bunch of weapons on him. Fascinating. But this skeleton was found with its head toward the east hmm. and was surrounded by domestic jugs as women's bodies from the time are usually found. Interesting. At the press conference in Prague yesterday, archaeologists... This is an old article, by the way, from 2011. Archaeologists theorized that the person may have been transgender or third sex. That is very fascinating. By the way, sun rises in the east, sets in the west? Yes. That's interesting. Something, something analogous to, like, life giver and death bringer, which is fascinating. But, you know, puts people in boxes. But even in the fucking copper age at least let them swap boxes <laughs> uh, the head of the research team said from history and ethnology we know that when a culture had strict burial rules they never made mistakes with this sort of thing yeah we believe that this is the earliest case is what could be described as a transsexual or third gender grave that is in the really Czech Republic. this is not the first time a skeleton has been found buried as a member of the opposite sex Ah. One woman from the Mesolithic period, who was assumed to be a warrior, was found buried with weapons. Interesting. So, yeah, that is the transgender skeleton of Prague here in the Creepy Cube. I'm a big fan of the cube so far. And we'll add the transgender skeleton to our circle of spooks within the Creepy Cube. Right now, it's you, me, and the transgender skeleton. We'll add to our ranks as we go. Indeed. Also, as I figure out what exactly I'm going to do in this segment, because I kept it loose and undefined. Mm. So it might be kind of hard to come up with uh, future topics for this segment. History of Spirit Halloween. Can you just research that? Like, like what would I do? Just read their bio on their... Uh... Go on Wikipedia, bitch. Easy. That's, like, easy. Yeah, but nobody wants to hear me read a Wikipedia article. What? They want to hear you read a ThoughtCo article or a Medium article? How's that any different? You've gone on Britannica. That's the layman's Wikipedia. As if Wikipedia isn't layman enough. Also, I keep getting emails from them because I donated $3 to them two years ago, apparently. And they're really happy I did it. And they also want another $3. Of course they do. They always need money. Girl, I don't even have $3. (laughs) I'm sorry. I sound like an asshole because I bought a weed pen earlier and I'm saying I don't have $3. Well, you did, but then you bought a weed pen. My bad. If If I'd known that Wikipedia needed the weed pen more than I did, well, I would have sent them one. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Yeah, those are all the segments that I had planned. History of Halloween. Uh, History of Halloween. That could be fun. That could be fun. Uh, Write in, dear listener, with your ideas for segments we could do. For the Creepy Cube. To add to our spooky circle within the Creepy Cube. A lot of shapes going on here. Yeah. Trickster triangle. Indeed. That's fun. So, I'm Ooh, sorry, I'm just all You're of a crashing. sudden, I'm crashing all of a sudden, and I think we have enough for an episode. I would say so. <laughs> well, we did take the break. So. We did take the break in the middle to, Because uh, I had to go clean up a hairball that we thought was a poop. Hairball's better, hair, Yeah. Hey, have you ever, um, have you ever dissected a hairball? Uh, I've dissected an owl pellet. I have too. What did you have in yours? Shrew bones. 
I also had mouse bones. No, I said shrew bones. Well, I had mouse bones. That's crazy. So I put it together. That's really fucking found funny. A nearly compl- and found a nearly complete mouse skeleton. Mine was not complete. I, I felt like I had a little a, archaeologist. I believe I had a leg and a skull, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Which, that's a pretty fucked up shrew, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, I had more than that. I had, like, ribs. Oh! I had little vertebrae. Ah! I had tailbone. That's impressive. That bad boy swallowed that thing whole. Pretty much. God damn. Hungry motherfucker. Got a lot of mouths to feed. Hungry motherfucker. Owls are monsters, dude. Yeah, I don't love them so much. They fly silently. Which is spooky. The sound they make, very Halloween. We could put put a stuffed owl on the wall of the creepy cube. I don't want to have a real owl in here, though, because it would terrorize everyone in here. Um, this is fair. They, they turn their heads around like 360 degrees. Very spooky. Hannah had a, a owl build-a-bear, and they made it so the head would rotate, which was awesome. She named it Athena, I think, which is cute. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, so we anyway. put a taxidermy owl on the wall of the Creepy Cube, and so I do feel a little nervous, which I think is good for the, the atmosphere. Uh, it's an ethically taxidermied owl. The owl asked to be taxidermied in its will. Yes, the owl was like, last will and testament... Please stuff me and put me somewhere to creep people out. Put me in a creepy cube, brother. Hell yeah. It's what the owl would have wanted, so we're just honoring the owl's last wishes. We didn't know the guy, though. If a moose were to ask me to do something for its last wishes, the moose is out of luck. I'm not doing what a moose says. You're going to do the exact opposite of what the moose says. Exactly. The moose wants to be put in a creepy cube? We're going to put him in a goddamn children's museum. (laughs) Gosh, now now I'm just imagining a moose loose in a children's museum. Well, that is horrific. This was considered its last rites, so worse. It is a dead moose in the middle of the children's <laughs> museum, which I think that presence alone makes a children's museum a creepy cube all of a sudden. <laughs> this is fair. So anyway, I think we have enough for an episode. Yeah. Uh, Stevie, where can people find you? You can find all my stuff at stevieb.com. That's stevieb.com. I started a gender swap wiki, but I keep forgetting to finish it. So you can edit that if you want. Somebody edit it, and I should have checked to see what they posted, and I didn't. Anyway, I hope it's not bad. Um, I'm also streaming on Twitch every now and then. I've started streaming Baldur's Gate 3 over there. Super awesome. And you should go follow me at twitch.tv forward slash stevie underscore b. Also, Tumblr page, gender swap podcast. You can send me quizzes to take, or daily questions, or other stuff, or just say nice things to me. Don't say anything mean. Micah, where can the people find you? Uh, the good people can find my music at mxmaxwell1.bandcamp.com We also have a Patreon where for a mere $3 per month, you get extra episodes of the podcast. You, you get twice as many episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tend to get a little more loosey-goosey over there. We don't talk about the news. And uh, Micah, talks say- about, Micah talks about sex and stuff. This is not true. This is decidedly not true. Do not set up that expectation for something that does does not happen. As far as our audience is concerned, I'm basically asexual. Yeah. Got a Barbie doll thing going down there. Exactly. Cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> so anyway... We also have a $10 uh, tier on our Patreon. Yeah. If you want to help fund the show uh, a little bit more. 
And if you pay us ten dollars per month, we will say your name at the end of the episode. Uh, our ten dollar like right patrons now. are Gwen Abigail, Louis Meikle, Pete Wilbo, and Cassidy Johnson. Woo! Thanks, friends. Thanks, my friends. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Four kisses. Indeed. So, uh, yeah. If you Nothing listen to us on say. SoundCloud and you want to leave me a comment, I read oh, the yeah. SoundCloud, so uh, I can, I'll read your comment there. Uh, if you want to comment on the Patreon, become a Patreon member. You can reach me there. If you want to talk to Stevie, you got to go to Tumblr. Or the Spotify comments, of which there are now. Yeah, there you go. Go to Spotify comments and, and say something to us. Awesome. We'll read it. It's great. Yeah. So anyway... I think that just about covers us, so nothing left to say, but bye. bye.